not here. I don't know. But, uh, yay. Listen, um, as you notice, Pastor Ernie's not here. I am not him, even though we're the same height. Uh, but we are blessed today, folks. We have a guest speaker. He's a friend of Pastor Ernie's. I believe he trained under Ernie when it came to uh, some leadership stuff that we had done. Uh, we have with us Pastor Easy. He's from Fullerton Agape Lives Church. He's here. He brought his wife and kids, and he's got a great word for us. So give it up to Pastor Easy. Man, thank you guys. Um, you guys are look happy, and I just think about my church. I left, and I was like, I wonder if they're this happy that I'm gone. I was just like, wow, I hope not. You know, um, they're great hands. My brother happened to be, he's an a assistant pastor. He's, a, he's, a, he's taking care of things over there. So when Pastor Ernie asked me to come over here and speak, uh, I got a little nervous. This is my first time speaking outside of our church, by the way. And uh, so it's a, it's a first time for me. Thank you. And um, so, you know, let me tell a little bit of story about, uh, first let me tell a little bit about myself. Like he said, Easy is not my name. I heard straight out of Compton. That's not, I heard that over there. <laughs> no, I'm straight out of Fullerton. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my name's Isai, and I'm married to my love, this lovely girl right here, lady, oh, Jennifer. We've been married for, it'll be 10 years in September. Yes, we have three kids. Isai, which is junior, he's, uh, he's eight years old. We have Ezekiel, he just turned seven. And the baby girl, the princess of the family, Zion, who's eight months. So, yes, we have our hands full. We're pretty busy. Uh, we, we lead a church in Fullerton, Agape Life Church, like uh, Oscar said. And uh, we also have full-time jobs. And, uh, I mean, kids, my kids just started playing football. We were in the field all day yesterday. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I want a refund. You know, you, they don't come with, you can't return them. But, Yeah. And let me tell you how I met Pastor Ernie. I, uh, um, at the process, I have a friend that he pastored for 10 years. So my first reaction was like, hey, you know, we're starting this church, and uh, I'm going to hit, I'm going to call my friend. Uh, his name's Raw. And I was like, he pastored for 10 years. Maybe he can help me. Because I'm the type of guy that I, um, I, I want to make sure I'm doing things right. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, because when, when, when I don't know, I get paralyzed. My wife hates that about me. So I was like, wait, what's the right thing to do here? So I'm always, I'm always seeking, I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm never, you know, um, I never want to stop learning and, and gaining wisdom from other people, especially people that have been, they've been doing this way longer than me. And uh, so, this, like I said, it's, uh, it's going to be two years that we open our church. So I'm, I'm kind of like a toddler pastor, I guess you can say. So I'm pretty new at this stuff. And um, so I met Pastor Ernie through my friend, uh, Raw. I told him, hey, yeah, you pastor for 10 years, maybe you can give me some guidance. We hadn't opened our church yet, we were just in the process and planning with our team, and, and uh, it's pretty scary. It's really scary to do this, you know. Uh, so I, uh, I, I ended up get connecting with Pastor Ernie through, through Raw, and he says, I got this, uh, this uh, a friend of mine, he's a pastor, and he's a great, great guy, good, has a, you know, great leadership skills, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I met up with him, and, and Pastor's been, Pastor Ernie's been a lot, a big help in my life and in my journey as a pastor. He's, uh, you don't even know, that, he doesn't even know this, but Pastor Ernie has preached in my church, but he don't know it yet. He doesn't even know he's preaching my church because he's the one that I call sometimes. And he's like, hey, uh, um, I, I'm preaching about this scripture and this, uh, am, am I on the right track here? Can you give me some insight on this? 
And uh, I usually use his stuff. I was like, oh, I like yours better. I think I'm going to preach about that. <laughs> so he's preached. I haven't even told him that. But Pastor Ernie has preached at our church a few times, actually. So <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. But, um, you know, I just want to share a little bit of my journey as, a, as how, I, how I became a pastor. Maybe this will encourage you before I get to my message. Um, you know, when I, I was at a church for uh, 10 years, and when, when God gave me the, a vision to start a church, it was, it was scary. Let me tell you one thing. Let me be clear. Public speaking was not my thing. It still, I don't think it is my thing. It's just uh, that's one of my fears. But you know what? When God gives you a, a vision, you're, uh, a passion for something, your passion will overcome your fears. You know, so it's just like something that it needed to be done in my life, something that, that God called me to do. And when we, I begin to bring this up to my wife, like, I think God's called me to pastor a church. I, she knew, she says, I always knew I was going to marry a pastor. I was like, okay, well, thanks for making me a pastor. <laughs> and uh, so it was it's scary when you step into the unknown. Maybe some of you guys are being called to do something and it feels like it's not my thing. Maybe you've, you're being called to to do something that maybe is out of your comfort zone. Welcome to Christianity, friends. You're always going to be, if you're looking for a, for a, a religion or, a, you know, a church, a relationship with God and, and, and have a comfortable life, they don't go together. You know, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> but you know what? The reason God does that is because he, he knows there's, there's greatness in all of us. He knows that there's, there's much more to live, much more to experience, much more that you can gain when you, you, know, when you trust God. And we want to stay usually in our comfortable area. And, and that's what was happening in my life. I was like, no, this is good. You know, I go to church. I usher. I, I lead a Bible study at church. And, you know, I say, I, I share the announcements in my church. I said, this is good. That's good enough for me, right? God, like, me, you want me to start a church? No way. I can't do that. And it was a fight. We will, I will sleep. Uh, I will lose sleep over it, over that. I will wake up at 2 in the morning and open my eyes and, like, I got all up on my grill. You need to start your church. I was like, the devil is a liar. <laughs> but no, that wasn't the devil. It was God. And, and uh, you know, so we went ahead and uh, along with the help with Pastor Ernie and other pastors as well. Uh, we know it's, it's going to be two years in September. And it's been going good. We've been, uh, um, we started with like six of us. And it's a lot more now. And it's a little scary to me because I'm just like, okay, now I've got to talk to Pastor Ernie more often, <laughs> right? So that's a little bit about how I got started again. It's Agape Life Church in Fullerton. We have a great team, and things have been going good. God's been doing his thing, and uh, I'm excited for what's, what's, what's in, in the future for us and for you guys. You guys have a great pastor, Pastor Ernie, real selfless. He, he doesn't, uh, uh, you know, never takes longer than five minutes to return my text. Sorry if you hurt you guys' feelings. If it takes longer <laughs> to reply to some of you guys, but, you know, and always, always up for, like, lunch. We may have lunch and just kind of, like, different stages of life that I've gone through as a, as a pastor and as a husband. You know, the thing about, about uh, your relation with God and how God moves, he, he moves, you know, with the step process. He doesn't take us from one place to another, like, you know, like an elevator. He does, you know, one step at a time. And, uh, you know, if I can say, how did you become a pastor? And, or how did you end up in your life where you are right now? I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I've made it. I'm not saying I'm here. That's not the case. I have way more to learn and, you know, a lot more uh, trials to go through, you know. And, but, you know, the way that you'll get to your, 
will, the will of God, the will that God has for you is one step of faith at a time. You know, it's just one step of faith at a time, and it'll get you there. And because uh, God will give you a vision, but um, then, but He won't tell you the process. You know, you're like, I know God told me to do something, but how are we gonna do it? I don't know. We're gonna find out, right? So I feel like hopefully that'll encourage you guys. Maybe God is calling you guys to do something in in this church or in your family or in your community. And uh, but you guys are doing great things. You guys are a busy church. That's good. You know, because you know I've heard this once that that the uh, um, downtime is the devil's time. So you gotta stay busy. You better stay busy for Jesus. So let's get to our to the message. Want you guys, uh, if you guys have your Bibles, go to First Corinthians thirteen. Well, no, we're not doing a wedding. First <laughs> Corinthians thirteen, and um, if you can just, we're gonna read that one verse one through seven, and then we'll go First John chapter four, verse seven and eight. But we'll start with First Corinthians. Let me know if you guys are there. Got your smartphones. <laughs> I was going to read through the Bible, but I don't have my glasses, my kids. I want, I want to believe they, they hid them from me. <laughs> Pray for them. <laughs> Pray for my kids. I'm still praying for them to get saved. Just kidding. All right. You guys ready? Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I could speak in all languages of earth and all languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had a gift of prophecy, and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, I would be nothing. If I, give, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And Paul gives us a, a description of love here and what it is and what it isn't. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. And it's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. That's a good scripture right there. Go to 1 John chapter 4, and we'll read 7 and 8. It reads like this. If you want to turn or write it down. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. It reads like this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We'll stop the reading right there. And um, let me give you the title of my message, and we'll go ahead and pray. The title of the message is, uh, It's Possible. It's Possible. Why don't you look to your neighbor and say, It's Possible. Now look to your other neighbor, you didn't want to look, and tell him, you can do it. Si se puede, that's right. Okay. Uh, why don't you guys pray with me? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for, just for this opportunity, Lord Jesus, that I, I get to uh, just spend time with, you, with your people, Lord God. 
I just ask that you will move today, Lord Jesus. Move away. Take away any distractions, Lord. I pray that you help in our hearts, open our minds, Lord Jesus, to what you want to say today. We just thank you for all, for all that you do and all that you're going to do, Father. We just thank you for your grace and your love. Holy Spirit, move today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. How many of you guys, let me get my water real quick. How many of you guys have, uh, are good at picking up like, new things, like maybe a new sport or you can raise your hand or holla, whatever? Okay, you guys are good. How many of you guys, I, I just started uh, learn how to learn how to, how to play golf. It's not going good. It's not. I almost lost my salvation a few times. So that, you know, I'm just kidding. No, but it gets frustrating. I can't, I'm having a hard time picking that up. You know, um, I know I'm a short individual, but I played basketball all four years of high school. And um, trust me, it's possible. Just kidding. <laughs> and... Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time, but, you know, how many guys can relate with me and be like, I, I have a hard time picking up new, new things, like a new, okay, good. So I don't feel, I was hoping, I was like, why didn't nobody raise your hand? I'm going to feel really uncomfortable. But no, that's good. And the reason I'm sharing that is because uh, um, 10 years ago, I, I applied for this job. I was, in, I was having a hard time, 10 years, which I was 25. By the way, I'm 36, I'll be 36 in September. I know I look 35 for sure, but I'm not. I'll be, I'm 36 pretty, sure, pretty soon. So um, 10 years ago, I, I applied this warehouse job, and, and, you know, they pay good, and everything was going good, and you, you go for the three-month, you know, probation, whatever. And people kept telling me, and what I was doing was easy, just picking up stuff, like I pick, pulling out orders, just send them in. You know, it's an Albertson distribution center. And um, so after the three months, they, uh, the people there, I got in good with the people there, and they were telling me, like, hey, um, you know, you should, they call it bid when you, when you apply for a position because you're considered temporary until you, fu- you get a position and you're, you're uh, uh, permanent. So I was like, hey, you, you know, you got to, when there's opening, put in your bid for, this, for any position that, that offers a permanent position. So that came about after right, like right after my probation, my three months, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that. So uh, I, I, without even knowing, I didn't even look what they were looking for, but they say, hey, that, that's, you got to do that because when things get slow, you're the first ones to go. So I was like, oh, I don't want that to happen. You know, I need me some money right now. So um, I ended up applying for that, and I got the job. I showed up one day, and the supervisor said, oh, here's, uh, you, got, you got the permanent position. Here's, uh, here's the name of the person you need to go and the department you're going to be working on. I didn't even think about it. just like, okay, and it said put away forks. So I was like, put away forks? I do that when I, clear the, when I clean the dishwasher. That can't be hard, right? <laughs> put away forks. I can do that. And... Keep in mind, I've, I'm, I grew up, like, me my dad is great, great guy, but my dad babied me a lot, and he, at the same time, he kind of hurt me because he, when things need to be done, he's like, I'll do it, right? And he didn't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not blaming it on him, but I never, like, got a chance to, like, work with tools and stuff like that. So things like that used to intimidate me. Funny enough, I own a, a business, which is, I, I do handyman and repair, so <laughs> to God be the glory, right? God has a sense of humor. But um, anyway, back then, so I was 25, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go put away forks. Okay, that sounds easy. So I go, and they're like, uh, okay, jump on that thing. It was a forklift. And I'm just like, it's a high-reach forklift. It's the ones that go the highest, I believe. And I was like, what is that thing? Like, that's what you're going to be working on. That's going to be your baby right there. I was like, I've never done that. Like, this is, this, I don't think I can do that. 
He said, well, you know, don't worry about it. You have a week of, of training, and then uh, the, after that first week, you're, you're, you're rocking and rolling. And I didn't tell you this, but right there is that they have, all these forklifts have a little, machi- little scan machine that when they get delivered the stuff on the dock, like, you scan it, and it gives you, like, a certain amount of time to deliver it. And if you're not, if you're not, if you don't do it at the time, expected time, then uh, it goes by percentage. You get written up, then you get suspended, and then you get fired. And I was like, oh, man, the supervisor got me. He doesn't like me. He wanted me to apply for this so I can get fired because, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do it. So I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. So I go, and uh, these, how many of you guys are familiar with the high put-away forks, the high-reach forks? Okay. So you guys are really laughing at me right now. So, so I was like, okay, one, like, goes. First, I was like, what's forward, this way or that way? Because you stand like this, and then you, you go, the forks are this way, and you go that way. So you go back, forward. It has a little button, and, you know, it's the opposite of a car. Like, you, you, if you lift off, like you, uh, I'm sorry, like a car. So if you, if you press down, you're ready to go. So um, I was having a hard time. In fact, I know one button goes up and down, so you maneuver with this. Another one goes forward and back. And then, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Because I don't have to explain this, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, um, so it has all these buttons, and I'm just like, what? This like looks like I'm going the opposite way. So, like, if I go this way, why is it going that way? I was having a hard time. And um, I crashed one time, but nobody saw. Scott was still working on me and being a man of integrity, so I didn't tell nobody. And uh, so I was like, God, you know I need this job. So I honestly thought I was going to knock one of those big old shelves out. Like, that thing got bent. And one time, guys were, like, I think it was a supervisor. Some guy was like, damn, who did that? I was like, oh, wow, that's terrible. I don't know. I can't believe that. You, should, you guys got cameras? He's like, no, I don't think so. I was like, praise the Lord. But, uh, so I was having a hard time. And I just felt like after three days, I was even terrified going to work. Because it's like, okay, just like, I'm a dead man walking because I can't get this done. This is too much. I can't do it. This is impossible. This just feels impossible. You guys ever felt that way? If When you feel like this is too much for me to learn, I can't get this thing down. And I can't help but to think that when we look and read scriptures that God says, hey, um, love others the same way God loves you, you're like, yeah, right. This is impossible. That can't be done. You can't love. I can't love people that would say the way that God loves me. Like, there's no way. That's impossible. That's an impossibility. And we get discouraged. It's like, it's too much. I can't do this. And uh, some of us just uh, lean, lean to, like, not coming to church because of that. It's, like, yeah, it's too much to work. It's, it, it was too heavy, too much of a burden to me to carry. Like, I have to love people the same way uh, I love, uh, God loves me. It's too much work. I can't do that. And um, I was having a conversation with this, and this is how this message came about. Uh, one, of a, one person said, well, you know what? I, I would, but I don't know how God loves me exactly. Like, I know he died for me. I was like, that should be good enough, right? He was like, but, um, but if, you, if, if that's you, you came to the right mess service today because I'm going to tell you four ways that Jesus, that God loves us and how God expects us, expects us to love others. If you're writing this stuff down, number one is... He loves unconditional. His love is unconditional. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for, our sin, for us while we were still sinners. Great scripture. 
saying that, you know what, even God came, he died for you, even though you didn't deserve to be killed for. So his love is unconditional. Number two, his love is sacrificial. He loves us sacrificially. John 3.16 said, for, for this, is, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Basics. This, you know, this, I was telling my wife, she, uh, when I told her I was speaking about this, she's like, you know what, sometimes it's just good to go back to the basics. You know, it's always go back. Sometimes we, we make our relationship with God too complex, and when it really, it's really simple. You know, the gospel is so simple. I tell people that if someone tries to share the gospel to you and you leave, you leave confused, they didn't tell you the gospel. The gospel is so easy. The hardest thing it is, is going to be for us is to, is to believe it's that easy. That's going to be the hardest. That's going to be the challenge is believing is that easy. So God, God loves sacrificially. His love is, he loves with forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So in the same way, you know, there's this saying that, that uh, um, forgive and forget, right? And I was, we were having a conversation with uh, um, a married couple from our church, and the guy said, well, she needs to forgive and forget. And I was like, I forgive and I forget. I was like, really, bro? No one really forgets. Like, that's, that, that's just a good saying. That forgive, no one forgets when people hurt you. No one. You can say, I do. No, you don't. Because you just remember right now. <laughs> so, no, you can't forgive and forget. You know what? Who, the one who forgives and forgets is really God. God really forgives and forgets. And again, the challenge for us is going to be that accepting and believing that God really forgives us that forgets about our sins. You know, sometimes we confuse God, reminding God of the sins that we, he has forgiven us years ago. You know, it, the hardest thing is forgiving ourselves. You know, God is like... Sometimes when like, it comes to mind, man, God, forgive me for that one thing I did a few years ago. God's like, what are you talking about? That thing's been gone. You know, as far as the east, it's from the west. You know, I will not remember you, your sins no more. That's what the scripture says. So the way that God loves, his love is forgive. He loves us with forgiveness. And he loves us eternally. That's number four. Romans 4.38 and 39 says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in, in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So God loves us. Nothing can separate us from God's love, no matter what. Some of, some of you guys might think, well, you know what? Uh, I, I mess up a lot. It doesn't matter. That, that, your sins cannot separate you from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. So there it is, friends. Four ways that God loves us, and I think God is asking us to love the same way. Love unconditionally, sacrificially, love with forgiveness, and love eternally. Now, okay, now you guys can go in love this way. Right? That's good reaction. Like, ha, <laughs> ha, yeah, right. No way. 
And uh, you know what? I know we read this scripture, so let's go back to it. I'm going to try to go and uh, just talk a little bit about it. First Corinthians, and I should pick up on verse 4. So again, this is uh, the definition that, God, that Paul has given us on, on what love is and what love isn't. Okay, and it starts like, the, I'm sure you guys heard it in all the weddings. It said, love is patient. In case you was wondering what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. I love this next part because when uh, my wife and I used to go to marriage counseling, I think we all need to do that. And uh, uh, the, the, when we were like, okay, uh, there's got to be some ground rules when you guys are having a discussion or argument, however you want to call it. And uh, it says you got to have some ground rules. You can't say, like, never and you always because it's like it's, you can't prove that. You know, you're exaggerating, right? So, so you got to keep those out of your vocabulary. Like, you always leave your dirty underwear in the bathroom. It's like, really, do I? <laughs> so he says, you can't. <laughs> So uh, he says, you, gotta, you, gotta, uh, you can't exaggerate when it comes to that because it's, it's just the argument is like, okay, it doesn't go anywhere after that. You're not getting anywhere. But Paul gets to say that. Isn't that weird? Because you can't exaggerate when it comes to God's love. You can't exaggerate when you're trying to speak about because it's, it's, and the Bible cannot exaggerate. It's the truth. So when God says uh, on John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he's not saying that just to emphasize, uh, for us to emphasize on his love. He's saying, like, no, for real, like, soul of the world. But that word has been so, it's all, it's been so misused that, that we use it when, oh, I so love in and out right? I so love my wife. It's like, wait, what? You love her just like in and out No, so, no, definitely not. So here, here's what Paul says. He says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Wow. I think, yes, thank you for that amen. I'm encouraged. Uh, you guys can talk to me. It's okay. You guys can get loud or up in here make me make me feel comfortable. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? God, what, what he's saying is he's explaining God's agape love. You guys are familiar with agape love? Agape, the Greek, unconditional love, yeah, love. And uh, so he's describing that's, that's agape love that God has for us. So you're probably thinking, you really asking me to agape people? you really asking me to love people without condition? Not me. That's what the Bible is saying. And I know your first reaction is, uh, no way. I can't do this. It's too much work. You're trying to ask me to love people with, with, without condition when I'm having a hard time loving people with condition. So it's like God is kind of like, no, I think you're asking for a little bit too much. And, and we can all relate with that. And some of you guys might think, well, you know, I love people the same way. No, you don't. Let's be real. No, we don't. We all struggle with this, with this command or, or what, ask, what God is asking us to do. We all look and be like, wow, that's impossible. And you can be getting a little discouraged, like, man, so I'm, am I a Christian or not, right? But, you know, it's, it's something that we all struggle with. They all, we all have a hard time with when it comes to loving people without condition, you know, and so what's, what's, the, rep, what's the secret, right, what's, what, what do we do from here, how do we love people without condition, like, I'm sure the answers are in this, in this Bible, right, like, how do we love people, what's the, 
What's the recipe to do that? Well, John gives it to us on chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, and I read it with you guys. And uh, 7 and 8, and I'll just keep going a little bit all the way to uh, 11 this time. 7, it says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So what John is saying here is like, you know what? In order for you to love this way, you have to know the source of love. In order to love this way without condition, you have to be, have an encounter with the one that loves you without condition. So he says, in order for you to, you can't, see, because if we try to do it on our own, like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reflect God's love with my actions. And, um, but if you do it on your own, then you, you don't need church or God for that. You know, it has to be deeper than that. So he's saying, in order for you to love like God, you have to know God. And, you know, it is, I read this in the book. It says, it's insanity to, to search for God and run away from, God, from love. The same way, you can't search for love without God. It's like they go together. You cannot separate the two. So it's, it's insanity. That's what this book said. Number nine, verse nine says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God is, uh, John is explaining to us how, how God loves us with, with how he sacrificed for us. So he's going back to the, like, you got to acknowledge, okay, remember, God died for you. You know, God did all this for you because out of his love. You know, so you got to remember, he, it's, it's almost like he's taking us back, right, back to the basics. So I'm like a John right now, taking you guys back to the basics. He's just reminding us how God's love. Sometimes we get so caught up on just learning about the scripture, which is good. It's not a bad thing. You know, but it's about, it's about how we love what matters more, how we reflect God's character through our actions. So God died for, for everyone, even for the ones that would not come to him. When Jesus died, he died for not the ones that deserved it, which is in Romans, it tells us the same thing. He died for the ones, that, even the ones that, that he knew were rejected. And God is all-knowing. God knows everything. God knows that the ones that are going to turn their back on him. But you know what? That doesn't stop God from pursuing you and loving you constantly verse 11 it says dear friends since God loved us that much we surely ought to love each other see the one the only way that you'll be able to love that way is if when you experience God's unconditional love when you experience God's love and I'm going to beat that in you guys so you guys can remember that the only way that you will love people is when you accept and realize how much God loves you. You got to be consumed by that. You got to be consumed by the scriptures. The Romans tells us that it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It is his goodness. It is his grace. It is like a, it hits you like, you know, like the prodigal son. He said when he came to his senses, he says like, wait, my father's house is way better than this. That's true repentance. Repentance is having a change of mind. It's looking at things from God's point of view. So it is the goodness of God that leads us, pretty much the saying is, to have a change of mind. You know, the love will become more, more uh, uh, easy to understand, more easy to do when you are, have a, a, a repentance in your mind about what love is. I'm going to have a, can I come up here? Close pretty soon. 
he's going to come up here and make me sound uh, extra spiritual, just a little bit, you know. So when you realize his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, that's when you have a repentance, when you have a change of mind of who God is. You have to receive God's love in order to give God's love. If not, you're just doing it on your own strength, and that is not going to last, friends. You will get what they say. I hate this word, but it's reality. You will get burnt out on trying to be a Christian if you try to do things on your own. You will not sustain that. You know, there's a, a, there's a constant theme in the, in the Bible, and it tells us that, I don't know if you catch it, it's always going from, like, reminding us, hey, God, God died for you. For God so loved the world. God loves you. You know, God, God loves you. He loves you. And he's always saying that as a theme in the Bible. And then it goes from that to, like, hey, uh, maybe now, now that you know that you're loved, now that you know what God's done for you, maybe, maybe it's time for you to love others the same way. So it goes from you are loved, you are loved, you are loved, to like, hey, love others now. Now that you know, love others. And, you know, I'm going to throw this in there. People look at this Bible and, and they say, it's too much work. Like, God is just giving us a, a, a whole book on rules, commands, um, things that I have to do to get to God. It's too much. And that bothers me, especially when God gets a, the wrong, when people paint the wrong picture of who God is. Because I was like, it's, uh, you know what, it's almost right, but it's not right. And I told this person, like, this book is not about, it's not a book of rules and commands that, God, that you need to do to get to God. It's a book of, of all the things that God did to get to you. It's the other way around. So like I said, there's a constant theme in the Bible that says, like, what better way to know that your love is like, look at this book. Look what all that God did for us. God did all this to get to us, not the other way around. So it goes from that to, like, you know, John says, maybe we ought to just love each other the same way God loves us. And maybe some of you guys are thinking, okay, here we go again. You say it like a thousand times, love people the same way God loves me. It's, it's too much. There's some of you guys here that say, well, you know what, you, um, you don't know what I've been through. You know, how do you expect me to love unconditionally when I, I can't, I just can't love that. I've never experienced love. Maybe some of you guys don't have, didn't have grow up without a father or, or a mom or just uh, the person that you gave yourself to love didn't treat you the right way. So now you have a negative experience with love. So you kind of, you hear the word love and it's like, I tried that. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, that, that all, I, all I can remember is pain when it comes to, to love. Now you're asking me to forgive people? Forgive people the same way God has forgiven me? Your reaction might be, oh, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how much pain they caused in my life. You don't know the years that I stayed up crying because of the pain that people put me through. I don't know if I can forgive people that way. I don't know if I can forgive and forget like Jesus. And then the big one, you know, love without condition. You guys might be thinking like, you know what? Like I said earlier, I, I'm having a hard time loving someone with condition, let alone without condition. Friends, let me be honest with you. 
I love his testimony about uh, there's no, there's so something so uh, spiritual, beautiful when people are just being honest with, with, with ourselves and just keep it real. You know, is me too, friends. I've had a hard time forgiving people. I've had a hard time loving people. You know, it's, you're not the only one. You're not, we're not here because we have it all together. Pastor Ernie might have it all together, not me. It's that we're not here because we're, we're all here because God is still working on us. And you're not, you're not alone, friends. We all have a hard time forgiving, loving people, but we cannot stop trying. We cannot, we cannot give up on what God is asking us to do. It's like love others the same way God loves you. We cannot give up. And you know what? Um, I love this because I share this with a friend. And uh, someone told me that, let me tell you this. Don't get like and love mixed up. Like and love are two different things. You know, like, people think that like is like the first step before you love. No, that's not it. Like is like what you have to do. You have to like someone in order to be able to love them. I used to think that, but that's not. Because like is, is a feeling and love is a choice. Let me tell you about love. God loves you, right? God chose to love you. He chooses to love us. You cannot, God will never force us to love him back. He will never command or demand us to love him back. But you tell you what God will do. He will create every opportunity possible. He will create, to, he will make you see his goodness so you can love him back. But he will never force you to love him because love is a choice. So like I'm going back to the love is a choice, like is a feeling. Because like says, I like you because of. But love says, I love you in spite of. It's a big difference. So friends, I just want to encourage you. Don't give up. Keep pursuing to love the same way that God loves you. The only way that will happen is by being consumed by his goodness. Always remembering that you are loved, you are forgiven. You are loved, you are forgiven, you are loved, you are forgiven. And God loves you so much. And when you get uh, so full of his love, it, it'll begin to come out of you. It'll begin to come out of you without you even knowing sometimes. You know, I didn't finish my, my story about the forklift, huh? Let me, no, let me, tell, let me tell how it happened. I showed up and I just like discouraged and uh, I ended up, there was like 20, over 20 forklift drivers. A few months from there, I was like the top three doing, doing a, a percentage, yes. But there's a point to that. You know what, everything became natural, like having conversations, putting stuff away, like, hey, like driving like nothing. I was like, oh, did I do that? I didn't even know I put that pallet up there. I was talking to you. It was just second nature. It came without me even trying. It was like effortless. You know, it just, it became, like I said, natural. You know what, when, you when you're consumed by God's goodness and his love and his grace and his mercy, you begin to love naturally. It'll just come without you even knowing. It'll, it, you know what, so much so that you wouldn't even notice it. People will begin to point those things out to you. You know, people will begin to tell you like, wait, wait. They'll look at you. Why do you care so much? It was like, whoa. I didn't do it with like those intentions. It's just in my heart. I don't know why. I just feel like doing things for you. 
You know, you be gay, you be jumping at opportunities to to do favors or love people when you get a chance because because it's just in you. You're so filled with God's love that it'll just begin to come out of you without you even noticing. You know, and then the trippy part is when people point things out when they're like, wait, wait, I thought you didn't like this person. Why are you being so nice to them? You know what? I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm just so consumed by God's love that I'm just I'm just loving them. Why are you bringing coffee to your boss? You trying to get a raise? You know he don't like you. So you know what? I'm just, I'm just loving on him. That's all I'm, I'm doing. I don't mean to do that. And this beautiful thing will begin to happen to all of you guys, to all of us. It's when you're consumed by God's love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, his generosity, because God is generous with us, friends. You will begin to do the same thing with others. You know, the person that struggled with, with forgiveness, you will begin to forgive without even naturally. The person that struggled with generosity, you will begin to give without even thinking twice because you realize, man, God has given me so much. This is all the little I can do to kind of like show my, my uh, gratitude for God being so generous to me. You know, when, when you, begin, you begin to love people, forgive people without you even noticing. Love will begin to come. I'm saying come out of you. And people will begin to point this out. That's happened to me a few times, and it's just like, you know, people get tripped out about that. Like, they, they get weirded out. I was like, wait, wait, you, you, uh, when you get involved in the ministry, friends, doesn't that encourage you to come to church more? Because you want to give a little bit of what God has given you. You get encouraged, like, of course, you want to come to church because you want to connect and know God. But when you realize, they're like, hey, you know, I, I want to share the love that God has given me. You begin to, to uh, uh, love church a little bit more because you're like, no, I'm, I'm giving. I'm showing people what God has done in my life. I'm showing people with my action how much God loves me. That's why it's important to get into a ministry because not only you are, you are connecting with your brothers and sisters in the church because I, I believe that ministry is when bonds and relationships are being built. You know, you come together and pray for one another and you guys, you guys get to know one another in a more intimate way. And, uh, but it also helps because... Uh, when you begin to express, and you need to, you need to, exp- you need to share that love. You know, you can't keep it to yourself. This relationship with God, you cannot keep it to yourself. You know, so I, it's like, maybe you're like me. I can't stop talking about my kids. You know, but I love them so much. I got a guy working with me, and I feel like, sorry, bro. I know I talk about my kids a lot, but I just love those kids to death. You know, you, when you love someone, you can't help but talk about them. And I am with this, friends. Love will come naturally when you're consumed by his love. So the first step is, is be consumed by his word. Be reminded because we so easily forget that we are so loved by God. We so easily forget that we are forgiven by God. So be consumed by the scriptures. And that's what makes us followers of Christ. That's what makes us Christians. Because Christianity is not about what you know. Christianity is about how you love. That's how you will determine your relationship with God. Why don't you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Jesus. Thank you for your love and your grace, Lord God. I just pray, Father, that if there's anyone here that needed that message, I believe that you sent me here strategically to speak about this, Lord God. Help us to go back to the basics, Lord Jesus, to love people, Lord God, the same way that you loved us. Lord God, help us to, to connect with you and just to know you more, Father. 
Help us to not forget the love, the sacrifice that you've, that you've done for us. Remind us how you love us sacrificially, eternally, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I just ask that you uh, bless everyone here today, Lord God. And I just pray for everyone to have a blessed day, Lord God. And I just pray for your word, Lord God, that will resonate in their hearts, Lord Jesus. Pray that people will have an, an encounter with you today, a life-changing encounter, Lord Jesus. Even if they're followers of Christ already, Lord, Lord God, I pray that today will be the day when, when they get a, a fresh start to the relationship with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Thank you for what you did, Lord God. We thank you and we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.